certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. Today, court heard how dozens of fibres found on Kira Glennon matched Telstra work pants, like those worn by Bradley Edwards in the 90s. Welcome to week 19 of Claremont in Conversation. Natalie Bongiolo, Tim Clark and forensic scientist Brendan Chapman were all with you today. Tim, day five on the stand for Reese Powell and he continued to outline comparisons of this specific group of fibres. That's right, Matt. Um, some of our listeners might remember a film called Groundhog Day, <laughs> where the main character, played by Bill Murray, uh, woke up um, every day, the same day, and uh, tried to make it different, but then failed. And uh, today was my Groundhog Day, I think, because <laughs> it was very, very similar to last Friday and last Thursday and last Wednesday. Uh, in that, we went through, again, fibres um, found um, on Jane and Kira, mostly or exact, uh, exclusively from Kira today, and how they were compared to other fibres from the case. And uh, today was blue polyester and blue rayon um, and a little bit of grey right at the end, um, all found in Kira's hair mass, all found in 2018 and then all subsequently compared to other fibres on the um, uh, database relating to other macro cases and macro exhibits and macro victims as it were um and so we got we, we went at a, at a pretty pretty decent pace today i think we got through uh 25 uh, fibers out of the 98 today so we're more than halfway there in terms of going through them one by one um and if it wasn't my groundhog day it was certainly <laughs> mr reese powell's groundhog day because as you said he was on the um stand again giving um very uh, similar evidence um, to what he's given before. Um, and I think he will be dreaming of the phrase, uh, I consider that they corresponded in properties because he said it a lot um, <laughs> because they did comp uh, and correspond in properties a lot, these fibres. And obviously that's very important to the prosecution case. Now, what about the fibres? Obviously a lot did correspond. What about the fibres that didn't correspond exactly? Yeah, there were some of those today, um, Matt, and um, predominantly they um, were when um, these blue polyester fibres from um, Kira's hair were compared to the blue polyester fibres found in Mr Edwards's old car. Um, listeners from last week will remember they seized the car in 2016 did some um, very intensive work on that, found 13 blue fibres um, in that car under a bracket and uh, on, the, on the carpet, which was vacuumed. When those were compared, um, quite a few of them differed in uh, diameter, mostly. Um, and so that led to Mr Powell said they'd... Um, having to conclude that they didn't correspond exactly, but they were similar, as in they were similar um, composition, similar um, colour um, and uh, similar lustre, but the, the width was slightly different. Now, we're, we're talking fibres that are, that are microns in, um, in diameter, which is a millionth um, of a metre. So, they, I mean, they're tiny. And so to, and you really had to 
strain your eyes at the screen to see where the differences were, but they were there, um, particularly under these super powerful microscopes. And so Mr. Powell did have to um, did have to say that they didn't co correspond exactly, but they were similar. Um, and Justice Hall picked up on that um, and, and said, um, asked whether the majority of the fibres in the car um, were thicker um, than those that they're from Kira that were tested. And Mr. Powell did concede that that was the case, but he also did point out that when they were, when the um, fibres from the car were compared to fibres from the Telstra pants, that they did correspond um, um, in all aspects, um, mostly when they were compared to that subset. So, so there, there was there was a little bit of difference there. Okay, so if the fibres vary in thickness, how can they still correspond? Was there an explanation for that? Well, um, so it's this sliding scale that I talked about last week. They either differ, they are, they're either similar or they are, they're, they either correspond. Correspond was the top level. That was when all the um, uh, elements that, uh, that they look for um, did match. When one, one, one of those is out, then Mr... Powell says he can't say they correspond, but they are similar. So that is when three out of four or four out of five of that checklist match up. Then he says they're similar. If they all match up, then they say they correspond. But that was, I mean, that that was a, a, a big enough issue for for Justice Hall to pick it up and ask his own questions on it. And and it might even become a, a bigger issue um, later in the week when we eventually um, do get to Mr. Powell's cross-examination from Mr Jovich. So Brendan does that muddy the waters a little bit with fibre evidence uh, that yes they correspond although they're not identical? Um, I, I, I'll probably speculate a little bit here that if I can um, without knowing or having seen any of the, the evidence or knowing um, the detail of what was presented um, today as Tim does but what I'm envisaging there is when you when you have a I think I might have mentioned it before that a fibre uh, as 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 we call it as a fibre can actually be made up of smaller um, fibres I suppose if like if you if you kind of imagine that um, that ball of yarn sort of uh, image you can refer to the full thickness of that as a fibre, but it's actually made up of, you know, much thinner fibres within it. So what I'm guessing when um, when you're hearing that um, they are consistent or um, similar in the colour and the makeup, but not the thickness, is that that might be concluding that it could be part of a larger, wider fibre. But, I mean, I'm really speculating mm. there and, and kind of having an educated guess. But I, I probably wouldn't use the word muddy, muddy, the, muddy it, because uh, as Tim's kind of been explaining, there's this scale of how much something matches. And obviously, if it doesn't have the same width um, or, or thickness, then it's just kind of a bit further down, I suppose, on that scale of... Uh, uh, use the, the word again, a stronger match or a weaker match. Right. Tim, in terms of the different thickness, was Mr Powell asked if that means then that you can't exclude that possibility that perhaps the fibres actually came from a different source and not the car or the pants? 
No, he hasn't. He hasn't been asked that specifically. And what he has tried to explain is, obviously, no two fibres are going to be absolutely identical. I mean, and there is some sort of um, natural variance more in natural fibers if you get my drift these are synthetic fibers the polyesters and so there are going to be um slight variances and to to test that they all often double test the fiber take um go to a different part of the same fiber and and and, and do another microscopic um comparison but what he what he had to concede in court today was that when for most of the most of the ones that were, were compared, there was a slight slight difference in thickness. Now, as I say, uh, that's more going to be for the defence to um, to to really drill down into that if they wish to. Um, but again, what what he was keen to stress was um, that when they were compared to another, when these when these car fibers the, the fibers that were found under the bracket were compared to the telstra pants which is the exemplar of where the prosecution said they come from they did match and we also know that a lot of the blue fibers that were found in jane and kira's hair have also been compared to that those exemplar um telstra pants um, and the swatch that was sent over and they have also compared um favorably or um, you know, comparatively closely as well. So, yeah, uh, uh, it, there's no doubt that, that in my mind that it it will be um, something that the defence asks. And um, uh, if Mr. Jovic um, is intelligent as, uh, as you, Nat, then he might well ask <laughs> that, 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 that question as to, well, if they don't compare, then where else could they have come from? It was interesting uh, today that one of the fibres that Mr Powell was um, talking about wasn't on the original spreadsheet and it made me think back to uh, the DNA evidence where there were many clerical errors and various er errors and mishaps with Path West and I thought with this fibre evidence we haven't heard so many of those sorts of clerical mistakes. Brendan, is it is it easier um, with the fibre evidence uh, for less room for those kinds of errors? I'd say that's probably more a factor of um, that this work has been done within the, the you know the, the last couple of years, um, whereby we've got much more developed methods and larger um, larger. Um, organisations or a larger number of people doing the work and, and probably better defined protocols and procedures, as well as the fact that the, the fibre work probably, well, really has only started in, in the recent years, whereas the DNA work originated, you know, back, back in the 90s. And so the paper trail has been much longer um, temporally I suppose or through time for the DNA stuff and as you can imagine with you know your, your tax records trying to main you know keep that sort of information over a number of decades and follow up on it and ensure that it's all in order is, is you know it's quite an undertaking compared to just the last couple of years. Right. Uh, Tim, was this um, clerical error or this fact that it wasn't on the spreadsheet was that explained was it just a simple thing? I think it was, yeah, I, I mean, given the amount of information that are on these spreadsheets, now, uh, I'm, I'm 
amazed that we haven't come across more yeah, exactly. uh, um, errors, to be to be fair. Yeah. Um, and it, it would appear that Mr Powell has undertaken all this work um, himself. Um, the first spreadsheet, the, the one with every single um, fibre and all the other comparisons and the hyperlinks to the pictures is enormous. Um, and even the comparison spreadsheet where he just details which, which fibres will compare to which, it's all colour-coded. Um, you know, it would be an accountant's dream, this, this portion of the trial <laughs> if, if you if you're into lists and um and, and cells and excel spreadsheets um yeah you'd be salivating but um and so yeah you'd have to say given all the work given all the different fibers given all the machinations and possible um comparisons um that that could have been done um it's yeah it's it's pretty amazing that there hasn't been a um a misstep um uh, until now. That's right. It's in- incredible that this is the first we've heard of. So he moved his way through the 25 polyester fibres and then uh, there seemed to be a bit of excitement when Mr Powell <laughs> went on to the next category of fibres. Well, uh, Justice Hall said he was excited, uh, but that's a relative term in the, in, 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 <laughs> in this in this portion of the trial because, yeah, so it, it, there was 25 of these blue fibres um, all found within a very short space of time, mostly by um, a senior analyst at Chem Centre, Peter Collins, who was doing this work. Um, but uh, to be fair, they're, they're almost identical fibres, um, found in an identical way, analysed in an identical way, and then and very similar comparisons made. So when we did move on to a, a slightly s- a different section, these are rayon fibres, um, <laughs> Uh, Justice Hall did have a, a quip that he was quite excited to move on to something and we heard something different. We heard these fibres are, are, are a slightly different um, look on the microscope. They're slightly different um, composition. Um, but And there were only six of them, which was exciting in itself. <laughs> then we, went, we went through them and they were compared. And so these rayon fibres are said to be um, from the same um from the pants not the not the shorts from the pants but just a slightly different um uh, fiber makeup or you know one of the fibers that made up these pants um but once again the ultimate goal of the prosecution is to is to point to the fact that that is that is where they came from and that is the only place they could come from um and so that was yeah that was that was mid-afternoon um and then um, we uh we got through those six, um, and as I mentioned earlier, then and there were a couple of these grey polyester fibres, very similar to the ones found in Jane's here, said to come from the seat back or seat insert of the car, um, and so we um, we finished the day um, just going through the couple of those that were mm. found on Kira as well. And with these uh, different fibres, were they shown? Were you shown those in court today? Were there images of those, and how different did they look? For instance, the rayon fibre to the polyester ones. Well, a couple of weeks ago, now I would have said there was no difference at all. But I, I've become, um, uh, you know, very, very down down the fibre rabbit hole. So um, <laughs> they did look slightly different, and particularly um, under. Um, so there's there's two um, types of picture that we've been shown in court. Something called a bright field image, which is on a white background, basically, and you can see the dark fibre. And then there's a polarised image, which is a, a little bit like the negative, but that one shows under UV light, and that shows up colours within the fibre, which is uh, indicative of what the fibre is made of. When you look at the polyester fibres under that polarised microscope, it, it, there's a rainbow pattern to it. It's it's a little bit like oil on water, um, that, that sort of 
of um, myriad of colours all, all spread along. When you put the rayon fibre, Mr. Powell pointed out, when you put that under the polarised um, imaging system, it's 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 a more uniform colour, which is the 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 absolute indicia of apparently. Now I know yeah. being a rayon fibre rather than a polyester fibre, but um, once again, all from the same pair of pants yes. um, and all found um, pretty much in the same place, i.e. Kira's hair mass. And if we want to have a look at those fibres for our for ourselves, um, can we get access to those on the website? Yeah, there's, uh, there's, we've we, we got a few more images today. Um, the one image that people re- might really be interested we got issued today was the comparison, side-by-side comparison of a blue fibre found in Kira's hair to a blue fibre found on, on uh, sorry, on Kira's shirt compared to a blue fibre found on Jane's hair. And mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, that is the very first image that's ever been publicly released that physically shows a connection between Jane and Kira. Now, it's a tiny little thing, but it is quite a significant moment in that this is what the prosecution are really pointing to as a physical thing, not 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 a, not a they were killed in the same way, they were dumped in the same way, they left from the same area. This is that was found on Jane, that was found on Kira, and look at the comparison. And when listeners might go to the website um, uh, later tonight or um, tomorrow and have a look at that picture, they can see for themselves how similar, almost identical, those two fibres looked under the microscope when they were compared. Um, and that must have been a big moment for um, the investigators to be able to physically point and then physically show um, the judge the, the the similarities between those two fibres and then taking that to the, 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 the final level, the similarity between the two victims. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this was, um, uh, we heard a little bit about this, didn't we, last week? And it really was the very first time that we'd heard about a physical link between the two victims. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and as I say, um, we were given access to that photograph to be able to publish it today. Um, and so that's what we'll be doing um, on the, in the newspaper and on the website in the next few hours, um, which, again, once again, uh, in a very, very long history of this case, um, is, is another um, uh, small but still significant milestone. Excellent. All right. Well, we have a couple of questions from uh, listeners, and this one may be for you, Brendan. This is from David. Um, if there is any doubt regarding contamination of DNA, why not simply take a new scraping sample from Kira's nails and do the tests again? <laughs> yeah, I think, we, um, I think we've had that question from a few people, and um, just in case I didn't answer it prop- or answer it clearly before, basically when we do take samples for any forensic analysis um, from a crime scene, in most cases where, especially with regards to DNA, we, we are trying to collect as much of the material as possible, and, and namely all of it. So if we take a fingernail scraping, our goal is to remove all of, all of the material from under the, from under the fingernail, not to leave any behind, because otherwise we might not get a result at all. Um, so if we've done our job right, then there shouldn't be anything left um, under a fingernail. Um, after we've done it and that's not 
including um, the options that we have to actually consume a whole fingernail or clip fingernails and things like that, which also go towards taking it all away. So the unfortunate thing about what we do is we can't go back and do it again with right. a lot of cases, which is, with a lot of samples. And this is why the, the pristine samples were considered um, so important in this trial. Uh, Tim, for you from Caroline, I was wondering whether the prosecution has provided any details of how many 1996 VS Holden Commodores Telstra had in their company fleet between 96 and 98. And of those cars in their fleet, how many were issued to technicians who would have worn the Telstra blue trousers? Mm, no, it's a, it is a, a very good question, and it's um, there were way back before Christmas when the Telstra witnesses, um, the Telstra corporate witnesses, were called. Um, there was evidence um, submitted to the court about the Telstra fleet um, and how many of those cars were within the fleet, um, and I, um, from memory, I think there was. Um, uh, the, the ownership details of those cars or uh, driver details of those cars were also able to be searched uh, in, in the Telstra archives. Um, but the, uh, the prosecution's job was a reversal, if you like. Rather than um, looking at the, the wide and then coming down to the narrow, they started with the narrow. And so they started with Mr. Edwards in that time period, particularly um, 1996 and 1997, when Jane and Kira went missing. And so they started at that point, and the f they basically got their hit straight away in that he had that, he, he was issued that car, um, he drove that car, and that is a formal, also a formal admission that Mr. Edwards' lawyers have made on his behalf, that he doesn't dispute that that was his car um, at the time. And now, of, as we've discussed at Infinitum, they've now got that actual car as well. So I understand where the question's coming from, but certainly with Mr. Edwards's admissions for that, the prosecution really don't need to go. Uh, and the defence can't now, they've admitted it, go into, or well, could it have been another person in, wearing those pants with a car like that, because that is not disputed by Mr. Edwards and, and on his side. He says, yes, that was my car. Um, and he's also obviously admitted that he worked for Telstra. Um, and we've seen evidence that he that he ordered those pants as well. So I can understand where the question is yeah. coming from. And, and the, the, the prosecution have asked themselves that question as well, which is why they were so keen to pinpoint um, the ownership of the car. Um, and they've done it so well that Mr. Edwards's um, lawyers have said, "Yeah, that's not that's not something that the judge is going to have to uh, decide." Yes, yeah, simply not necessary. Uh, mm -hmm. So we know that uh, there were sixty-one critical fibres in relation to Kira Glennon. How many has Mr. Powell got through now of those? Uh, what are we up to? Um, I think we've done um, fifty. In total, I think we've done 59 fibres altogether. So we've done all the blue um, polyester, we've done all the blue rayon, and we've, we've done all the um, grey. So now we're going to go on to the light and grey um, polypropylene, which is the, um, uh, the fibres the prosecution says come from the um, carpet, the cabin carpet. 
Um, we've got a few of those to do. Um, then we've got some more blue polyester, which was found in a different um, place, i.e. that was found in the bucket that um, Kira's hair was stored in for all those years. So they, they kept the bucket. They tested that, um, and it, they are said to have found some blue fibres in there as well. And then um, the, the last set will be more blue polyester fibres, which were said to have been found on Kira's shirt, um, which they were actually found, or the, the, the process to find them was carried out by the FBI way back in 1999 so that'll be interesting to see whether we get any more little details about um the exact process that the fbi went through to scrape that shirt and then we've we've already gone through the continuity of 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 when it went when it came back who handled it in between um and so that'll be that then that will be um kira's fibers done and then the the last lot of fibers will be the fibers found in mr edwards's car um, so doing a little guesstimate on the pace we went through today, we did 25 fibres today. If we do that pace tomorrow, we'll be up to about 84, mm. um, and then there'll be 14. So um, fingers crossed, um, touching all the wood that I can reach, <laughs> we might have got through all the individual fibres by um, Wednesday lunchtime. Um, and then Mr. Powell has got a little bit um, more um, just wrap-up evidence to do, and then we'll get to his um, cross-examination sometime um, later in the week. So, so yeah, we're getting through there. We're getting through. Nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly there. So basically tomorrow, Mr. Powell, we're back on the stand tomorrow. We've probably got, like you said, another day, day and a half, and then <laughs> moving forward from there, uh, which yep. everyone is waiting for, probably including Justice Hall by the sounds of things. <laughs> I think I, th I think he as as interested as he is in fibers. Um, I, I think everyone's um, yeah, it, it's it's dragging on a little bit, and um, we've we've got plenty more fiber evidence to come because after that, as I've mentioned, is Dr. Ray Palmer, who is the state's expert. Now he will be an interesting witness. I did did a little bit of reading um, over the weekend about Dr. Palmer, and, and particularly one case that he was very involved in in the UK, which the listeners might want to um, might want to Google. Um, um, if they're uh, if they're up for it, it was the case of a guy called Stephen Wright. This is in the UK where Dr. Palmer is based. He was um, uh, given the nickname by the UK tabloids as the Suffolk Strangler. He mm. was a gentleman, or I lose, use that term very loosely, who murdered five women in the um, Ipswich, Suffolk area of U of the UK, um, and killed them all in a very short space of time. Um, and Dr. Palmer was very involved in the fibre part of that trial and some fibres, amazingly, um, that corresponded to Mr. Wright's car, to Mr. Wright's pants, were found in the hair of and on, on the bodies of all five of these women, which was a very significant part of securing that conviction um, in the UK. Um, there's been significant um, coverage of that case, including several documentaries, one which includes Mr. Palmer actually talking about that process. Um, and so when I was reading that over the weekend, um, a little... Uh, click went off in my head as to why mm. maybe the prosecutors in this case were so keen to get them on their side because um, that case in particular bears striking similarities to this one in terms of the um, the, the, the tenet of the evidence um, that was presented in that in, in court um, in the UK. 
Um, so, yeah, so he will be a very interesting witness, but um, how that um, evidence is delivered, we, we're yet to see, but it's going to have to be on video link. Um, so, once again, that might... Um, that might mean a couple of uh, couple of late nights for myself and my media colleagues. But yeah. um, as uh, as our listeners know, I'm I'm, I'm here for the, <laughs> here for everything and here for the long run. So uh, um, yeah, we won't be missing uh, we won't be missing a minute. Did you happen to read if the trial of Stephen Wright was before a jury or a judge alone? No, that was a jury. That um, that mm. was a jury trial, um, uh, and amazingly. Given that the number of victims in that case, it um, it only took about five or six weeks to hear that case um, in the UK. Um, wow. but it only t- it only took about six hours for the jury to find um, him guilty of all five of those murders. So, I guess the difference um, was it maybe wasn't a historical case like this one is. No, it certainly wasn't. It was it was a mu- it was a much more. Um, uh, yeah, much more contemporary case. Mm. Um, but, but as I say, the, the, the similarities between the fibre evidence in that case and this one did strike me um, as, 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 as having very, uh, very close ties in terms of um, fibres found in here and then matched to cars and, um, and, and pants um, in particular. So, um, yeah. so yeah. Um, it'll be uh, very interesting to hear what um, Dr. Palmer says in terms of his his role in this trial. Will be just to wrap all the uh, all the prosecution's evidence up in a nice neat bow and present it to the judge um, as the, the uh, I'm an expert and th- this is this is what I say. Yeah. It'll be very interesting. Well, Tim, thank you so much for doing time in court today. (laughs) And Brendan, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow for day 76 of Claremont and Conversation, and we'll chat to you then. This podcast is hosted by Natalie Bongiolo, produced by Kate Ryan, and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. And if local news delivered differently appeals to you, tune into WA's newest morning show, The West Live with Jenna Clark. It's talkback radio, but without the interruptions. Listen live weekdays from 8.45am on thewest.com.au or catch up with the podcast.